Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Why, hello, flower friends. In this week's episode, recapping week 30 and 31, I'm actually titling this episode, Learning My Limits, because I don't know about you guys, but we're at this time in the season when most of us are exhausted and counting down the days till Frostmas. You know, we started this adventure probably back in the fall, planting bulbs in the cold, wet weather to starting seeds in the winter time and babying those seedlings till they got in the ground and now it's all about harvesting, weeding, trying to manage everything, getting your flowers sold in addition to starting to plant some of your cool crops for the 2024 season and so as we're kind of knee deep and just exhausted, I've really taken an opportunity to reflect this last couple two weeks on just my journey this season and thinking ahead to next season. And the biggest theme in all of my lessons has been learning my limits. So I'm, I'm exhausted. You know, the kids are almost back in school, but it feels like these last three weeks of summer vacation are just jam-packed. I really haven't taken much of a vacation with them. Now, I will note they have been living their best life, going back and forth forth from friend's house to camps and all the things and I've been running ragged trying to get them to and from everything and we've just had a super full plate this summer but yeah we still have not taken a vacation so I'm feeling super guilty about that and with there's like a few days in between now and when they start school that we can get away for the weekend so I'm going to attempt to do that but it's just been insane this summer and you know as I'm thinking ahead to the fall and what I should fall plant. I was out in my field the other day looking at some of the seedlings that I had attempted to plant for a fall harvest and they look like crap. Half of them are dead. And I just said to myself, this is where I have to learn my limits. You know, in the winter time, I really this last year felt a lot of seasonal affective disorder, was super depressed, and the soil blocking and starting seeds just really helped save my soul, if I'm real. So I was really on top of it this year, starting my seeds and getting those succession plantings at the very beginning. Now once spring hit, uh, it all hit the fan and I have failed at starting seeds since then. The sunflowers, I had good intentions intentions of every week sowing them. It didn't happen. It went into two weeks and three weeks of sessions and then now I've just basically given up. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up. I got to know my limits. I have a ton of flowers out there that I can harvest from and sell and so I have just learned as I've been reflecting that I'm going to focus on early spring crops. You know, really get those seeds sown in 
late winter, get them out as soon as I can, and then, you know, plant them out in my field. And I did that this year. I didn't fight the covering of the crops. And I find that, you know, another point of learning my limits is in the wintertime, I don't want to be out there babying stuff. It's just not worth it to me. I need to have some downtime to love this job come spring and summer. And so I planted most of my stuff in super early spring and just knew what I needed to plant and when. And I felt like I had a very successful season because of it. You know, I don't focus on super, super early crops. I don't have the sales outlet for it. I try to do some stuff during Valentine's Day, but even over the last three years, I have found that folks really are looking for what they traditionally are looking for, and I'm just not going to hit that mark. I've tried. I've tried to educate, and I'll just continue to do it. I'll try to continue to sell my CSA, which that's another learning my limits and learning what is actually generating me revenue, what I'm putting my effort into and seeing the reward at the end of that job. And I've just really this season have learned that, you know, my flower people are signing up for my CSA. I had nearly 40 people in this season two of my Freckle Bloom Flower Club. Last year I had 12. And folks towards the end there, even when I shut it down, they kept wanting to sign up and I just knew my limits. And I will definitely, if I take on more, need to get some more help or think about it more strategically. But my flower people want to be in the club. And I have designed that club to not just be a bouquet. It's It's an experience. It's an experience of coming to the farm and picking up. It's being part of my special newsletter that I send out every month. I do two on-farm events that are exclusive to my club and that's my limit as well, especially right now in my current setting is that I do want to invite more people to the farm, but I don't have the facilities quite yet to do that. And so the Freckled Bloom Flower Club is something that I can get, scratch that itch per se of getting people out to the farm, engaging with them and having a fun event with flowers. And so this year I did the Mother's Day tea and here soon I'll be doing what I'm calling an evening with the flowers, all specifically for my Freckled Bloom Flower Club. And so I did last year an early launch of my CSA, an early bird special. I won't be doing that again because everything's going to be full price at this point. I have learned the hard way that discounting my flowers puts a burr in my saddle and I am not doing that anymore. I feel like there is a point when you have to do that as you're building your business, like you can't start at the top. I'm sorry. It just, you aren't going to be successful. You can try. It's always worth a try to try to figure out the pricing of your flowers and what customers in your community are willing to pay for them. But it's hard. It's hard to sell them at a top dollar without really having that customer base. And so I have given a lot of free flowers away. Also, giving a lot of free flowers away has equated to building customers 
and returning customers. That's another lesson learned that I have reflected a lot on this season, especially towards the end of the season. I have my flower people and especially those that live with around me in my neighborhood, which isn't really a neighborhood, but live kind of in this section of Estacada. They come up every weekend. They came to see me at the vintage fair. They may not be in my Freckle Bloom Flower Club. The reason is, is because they live right up here. And so I have come to realize that those customers are coming week after week. I invited them to my evening with the flowers. So it's harder to retain your excellent customers than to get new customers. And so really think about that is how are you retaining your customers that have been there from the beginning. And I've really put a lot of thought into that. I've always been a very giving soul. It's why I hate like point of sale because I would just give all my flowers away, especially to people that I know. And so like, Last year we did a bouquet bar and it made my kids run it because they were okay with, you know, collecting money. Me, I just want to give it all away, which is not good. (laughs) Yeah, just, you know, it's also, I've just learned that especially this season is fostering those great relationships are going to pay you dividends. And those are your biggest marketers, your your customers that are solid, that are dedicated to you, your story, your mission, your beautiful blooms. They are marketing your flowers. And man, I got to give a shout out to my friend, Brianna. She has been the queen marketer for me. She goes to the office with my flowers and now her office mates, which they live in deep Portland, are like, how can we get her flowers? But It also goes to, you know, getting yourself out there. I've been doing the weddings. I haven't been doing a ton of weddings, but enough to, you know, develop that business, learn my craft, learn my style. But I just had a florist reach out to me. She had saw my flowers. Uh, Bride had picked up some a DIY bucket and made her own bouquet. And everybody at that wedding saw my flowers. And she was sharing who she got the flowers from. And I've gotten phone calls since then. So also going out on the limb and trying to really get yourself out there, even if it isn't directly in your community, but surrounding communities, try it because that's something that I've learned a lot this year and I had this conversation with my husband is that been trying to hit the pavement a lot here in Estacada, but it's not a big community that is wanting to treat themselves to flowers. It's a specialty good that maybe they don't have the extra cash in their wallet for. And so I still need to tap into this community. It's growing. There are a lot of people out there that still don't know who I am. So I still need to make that my goal in the next year is continuing to market, continuing to get myself out there. But it won't hurt me to go out into different communities and do outreach within those communities, especially for special events. People are more willing to come do farm pickup for a DIY bucket for a party, but it gets my name out there and it connects people with my flowers, even if they don't live within the city of Estacada. 
or surrounding communities. So lesson learned there. Also, what I'm learning is that, you know, I know from my background, my family were farmers and it was a struggle. And I learned from a very early age is to not put all your eggs in one basket because we experienced a major hailstorm that destroyed my dad's watermelon crop. And there's been time and time again where he has faced crop failures, mother nature not being so kind, people not paying you for your crop. That's a real thing. And so I have that in the back of my head, knowing it that I grew up understanding those really harsh lessons. So for me, I have essentially treated this farm like it's my wholesaler. As a farmer florist, I want the diversity out there in my field and gardens so that at any point if I have a custom order or a DIY bucket request that I have a diversity of blooms and colors that I can choose from. Plus, I've experienced a lot of crop failures this year, especially like say in my Lysianthus, a crop that I spent a lot of money on and it's a high dollar flower that you know maybe I need to stick and I will always grow lisianthus because I love it and there will be those things that I will splurge on because of it and that's my prerogative and I'm sticking to it but to pick the flowers that I'm actually going to use that I'm actually going to have the diversity out there in my farming wholesale and just continuing to grow the stuff that I know is reliable but also still experimenting with new stuff. I'm trying to think of some new flowers that I grew this year that were total surprise. Paper daisies. Tried them for the first time this year and absolutely loved them. I focused a lot this year on dried flowers because I'm wanting to do holiday crafts and so I have a welcome package with every sign up of my Freckle Bloom Flower Club and I do a mixture of gifts within that welcome package. So I wanted the stock to be able to do those gifts within the off season, but also have some Christmas offerings as well. And so I've focused a lot on dried flowers. I've also focused a lot on saving my own seeds. There are those varieties of flowers that I really don't care what color they are. I just want them to be beautiful. And so if it's easy to save their seed, then I'm trying it this year. I've done it with Agrostema, Larkspur, Nigella, sweet peas. I've saved a lot of my sweet pea seeds and I'm giving it a try of saving my own seeds and seeing what it gives me. I've also been saving zinnia seeds. I haven't had the greatest success with those, but I'm learning and you're not going to learn if you don't try as well. So diversification, not only in my crops, but also in my business. I learned that going back to my early days growing up in a family that farmed, that diversification is critical. And farming is very difficult. You will have those crop failures. You will have those years that are poor, but you will have those years that are good. I learned from my dad at an early age that you got to save from those good years for the bad years. And I've also learned in my life, 
um, that diversification will help you get through your off seasons as well as your bad times. And so flower farming isn't my only business. I have another small business that also has become the seed money for the flower farm as I grow it. So I've just learned more and more that diversification in all lines of business and crops is important. Also, I'm just evaluating as I listen to a lot of YouTube videos or podcasts about this three-year lull. This is the year that you have been through the biggest struggles and you're just evaluating, is this really what I want to do? You know, I've made a lot of sacrifices. I have not left this farm but to go on one vacation that I had taken in February and it had been years since I went on a real vacation. Now insert a pandemic uh, into that equation, another reason why I haven't went on a vacation, but I really haven't left the farm. And so as my kids are getting older, I'm just evaluating like I need to treasure their time with me and my husband and do I want to be tied to this farm and this business 24-7 and just really looking at what are your limits? What will help you find balance? So if you're working a full-time job and you're also doing the flower farming, don't kick yourself in the butt that you're not working harder to sell your flowers. That job also comes with healthcare benefits and other perks that don't come easily when you're self-employed. As I go back to my conversation, the pedal dispatch, you know, we talked a lot about just the the ups and downs of being a small business owner. There are things that, you know, are a greater struggle as a small business owner than if you're working for a bigger corporation. So yeah, I, again, like I said, this is learning my limits and all the lessons that I have been reflecting on in the last couple weeks. But I asked myself, it seems like flower farming is very trendy and when will this trend end? And you know, we saw this with Christmas trees, for example. Everybody who had five acres around here decided they wanted to be a Christmas tree farmer. Well, that didn't last but a couple years because people got into it and realized how expensive it was to maintain that crop and a crop that doesn't produce you revenue year after year, you have to wait seven to 10 years to see the revenue come in from those tree sales. And so folks got into it, lost a lot of cash trying to chase the dream, but those that stuck with it have continued to build their farms. So will flower farming be the same way? Question of the day. And if that's the case, what is the backup plan? I would love to see local flowers continue to grow and that we as a society embrace local but the reality is and I don't know if you've seen this as well but as the cost of everything continues to go up people are going to have to make more choices and the price of flowers and rightfully so flowers deserve a moment to see a price increase. I feel very strongly about food as well. You know, it takes a lot to produce this crop and we need to create a greater value around flowers and food. That's just my perspective. But I've heard this 
multiple times this summer about not only florists complaining about the price of flowers and then, you know, them trying to run a business and people don't want to spend $125 for an arrangement that doesn't, you know, give you much of anything. And so just looking at how sustainable that it is. But it also gets to my earlier point of just creating value around these blooms. So as much as people bulk at sharing their stories and talking about what it takes to grow these local blooms, we got to start doing it. We have to create this perceived value that folks want to choose local flowers over the traditional grocery imported flowers that may be cheaper. So my soapbox, we all know it. So another big just learning my limits and lessons learned, especially from this season, is talking about sales outlets. And flower farming, you have really endless opportunities in which you can sell your flowers. It's unique to each one of our communities. You may have a fall festival, for example, within your community that's an excellent opportunity for you to sell your flowers that maybe I don't have. Or you have a great co-op within your community that you can sell your flowers. It fits exactly how you love to live your life and it's a great opportunity for you but I don't necessarily have that. So there really are endless opportunities here of how you can sell your flowers and you really got to dig in and try everything to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And a big lesson learned from this year is I am not willing to sell at a farmer's market. It just does not produce for me for my perspective what I need from a revenue perspective out of that market for the cost that's involved in it as well as just the value of my time. But going to my roadside stand example, yes it may not have the volume yet, I'm working on it as say a farmer's market, but the thing about the roadside stand is that I can multitask while I'm selling. Just this last Sunday, I was cleaning my house. It literally took me all day to clean the house and do the laundry. I was listening to podcasts. I was watching YouTube. I was educating myself, inspiring myself while I was doing the mundane task that I needed to do while I was also selling flowers at the roadside stand. I didn't go out there once. It was what it was. That's what was out there to sell. And I was doing my marketing, my selling, all of the above at my roadside stand. Also, for me, it's just sanity. I was able to do, I have this huge long list and I was able to check off all those things on my list while I was selling flowers at my roadside stand. It's just learning those sales outlets that work for you. Now, do I feel like I need actual interaction with my customers? Absolutely. And I know that I've learned that and I also am going to focus more on doing pop-ups when I have a bountiful harvest of flowers. Another perk to just the roadside stand while we're here for the moment is that I can stock my stand throughout the day. So when I went to the market, I had to bring it all down there. 
if you're dealing with heat or humidity, that might be a detriment to your flowers as well as you as a farmer. Whereas the roadside stand, I can keep things in the cool air conditioning and then just continue to stock throughout the day. So it's also just quality of product management for me. Another big lesson learned for me and just takeaway from this last three years is that it takes time to build your business. You know, I would like to say the flowers sell themselves, but that hasn't been my experience. I've had to sell myself. And this is where each of us are going to be different and unique because I live in a small community, one that's been very rooted in the families that have grown up here that have grown their families but it's also changing as new people continue to move within our community but guess what a lot of those people they know me they know my husband they know our family and they want a direct relationship with me one that I have to continue to foster and so as I'm building my customer base I have to be intentional about that and it takes time it takes time for me to to introduce myself to those that don't know me and to get myself out there so that they can see what I am producing and what I offer. You know, as I sat my field last night, weeding and watering, I just kept this thought kept going into my head of stop being so hard on yourself. When you have a really crappy sales weekend or things aren't turning out the way that you would like them to, stop being so hard on yourself because it is moments like this that build character. They are what's going to stick with you over the winter time. It's going to be what you're going to be thinking about and how you can pivot and be different. So just don't be so hard on yourself. Just take everything with a grain of salt and it's hard to do. I'm hard on myself every single day so it's easy for me to say that but I'm just as hard on myself. But I wrote this down on my notes to say don't be so hard hard on yourself. Crops are going to die. There are multiple crops that I have killed this year. Then in my first year, I look back at the pictures. I'm like, how the hell did I do that? You know, maybe beginner's luck. Who knows? But just you got to kind of just roll with the punches and move on to the next thing. Another reason to diversify your crops. (laughs) I hope that you've got a little something out of this you know as I'm just yearning for the fall yearning for frostmas I'm trying to remind myself to take a deep breath to enjoy it all because the cold wet weather will soon be here and I will want to be so badly in the warmth and the grass under my feet but I'm just running on an empty tank and so I'm just so close to the finish line. My CSA ends at the beginning of September and the kids are back in school so I've been reminding myself that a bit of a breather is coming and then I guess start thinking about the fall. I'm already thinking about the fall and not necessarily about what flowers that I'm going to be planting. I'm thinking about all the prep work that I'm doing. So, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that I would like to do as I've been 
been working in my flower field really for this would be the first year where everything's starting to mature the first year last year was you know the, it was first year of growth literally and so now I'm thinking that I'm wanting to put in some more grass pathways because the mud becomes a real issue in the fall and the winter for me especially the fall when I'm having to plant bulbs and so I'm going to be doing some sowing of grass just around the perimeter of my flower field also trying to figure out a place to plant more peonies and um, perennials I want way more perennials. I need these reliable plants that are going to be there for me when I can't keep my head above water. And I really have been looking at seasonality and just what can produce every week for me. I don't want to have a gap in my rotation. So especially perennials, what perennials do I need to help fill that gap? Also, I'm making a mental note to really, really think hard about early spring and Mother's Day. Holidays just where my sales were off the charts and how I can do better next year. So that also means planning for what bulbs I am purchasing. And I purchased a lot back in the spring, well pre-ordered, but I will see what's going to happen because it sounds like there might be some crop failures. So see what I actually get. So for the last couple years, I kind of wait till the last minute when all the fall bulbs go on discount. Uh, Yeah, you don't get the best of the best. The reality is I just need beautiful flowers that are different than the ones that they're getting at the grocery store. I will be starting to look at kind of those sales and what last minute orders I can put in, but really starting to build my list of what flowers I want to have available for Mother's Day. I do want to spend a second to say, you know, oftentimes we think about all of the things that have went wrong and the lessons we've learned and we forget to reflect on all the amazing things that we've done. Just a simple fact that you've grown these amazing flowers and you did it. You did put in the time and the effort and you have rocked it. Even if it may be a super crappy year, you still tried and you succeeded in the fact that you got out there and you did it. So I also wanted to just reflect on the fact that I have grown these amazing, beautiful flowers. It has been a great year of growth for me. And I just want you to also take a moment. August is rough. Like we're all just feeling it. I'm pretty sure maybe you're just not hearing it, but um, I'm here to tell you we're probably all feeling it. Just laying in the grass like, oh, when will this be over? But you did it. You put in all the work to grow your business, your flowers, and just be proud of that. Be proud of the one crop that you grew that looked absolutely phenomenal. The snapdragons, which I had such a hard time germinating at first and thought there's no way in heck I'm over this but it was the best snapdragons that I have ever grown in my life. Tall sturdy stems didn't need to be netted and they smelled amazing. They looked amazing in my bouquets. So just reflecting on those things that you did amazing at. The fact that I did survive Mother's Day. Was it absolutely rough? Oh hell yes it was. But I, I 
survive that. I did that by myself. Would I love some more help next year? Absolutely. Now am I going to have to financially be able to afford it? Yep, that is a reality that I have to address. But I did it and I just want you to spend a moment to not only reflect on the lessons learned you've taken from this season, but also the great things that you've done as well. Oftentimes, like I said, we can get stuck in what we've done wrong. We also need to celebrate what we've done right. So friends, this is it for this recap. I appreciate you being here. I posted on social media that the podcast has definitely taken a back seat to my life and to my business and this is something that I do for fun. So if you do want to support me, I would love any little tiny contribution. If you'd love to sponsor the podcast, reach out. I We have a great audience here that we're all friends and I just continue to encourage you if you're a fellow flower farmer friend to reach out to me and let's get you scheduled for an interview. I am holding off until my kids are back in school and my CSA is done for this season. So just a heads up for that. Thank you for being here. I hope you're doing well. And you know, if you haven't went and saw that Barbie movie yet, you should. I went into it as everybody's been seeing on the reels lately of the nostalgia of growing up and just enjoying time with my friends and playing with our Barbies and but I left that movie in tears and I felt so seen and encouraged and it was a fantastic movie so I encourage you to go see it as well and I just want you to know that this community right here is what has held me up through all the challenging times of being a woman, a business owner, a flower farmer, a florist. You guys, your messages, these conversations is what keeps me going. And I just appreciate each and every one of you. So take care, my friends, and we will chat with you next time. Sorry, no freckled bloom, flower kid, fun fact. They are at grandma and grandpa's in eastern Oregon and taking in the desert and enjoying the last couple weeks of summer with their family. So they too will resume in September. Take care, my friends. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation. And together, all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.